0: Welcome, or welcome back, to Pre-Arb Excellence, a bottoms-up Cubs podcast in tune with the team's minor league pipeline. From minor league results and development to the draft, international signings, and anything else that helps to lead to Pre-Arb Excellence, I'm there for it. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, MLB.com's initial rankings, which focuses on the Cubs being ranked 23rd. If you have any questions about this episode or anything else about the Cubs pipeline, ask me through the app on Tim815 on Twitter or at Prearb Excellence on Facebook. I'm about education. If I can educate someone on the minutiae of Major League Baseball today, I've done something right. <clears throat> today, Major League Baseball, dot, well, MLB.com came out with their first full ranking of minor league pipelines. They've had top 30s for all the teams. They've had top 10s before, but they've never gone 1 to 30 before. And I figured, since it's the first, it's worth a comment. And the major news is they have the Cubs ranked 23rd, which I would consider a bit low, but nothing to get agitated about. What I do find interesting, though, is the top farm system in the NL Central is Pittsburgh's at 15. The Pirates are 15th, the Cardinals are 19th, the Cubs are 30th, the Reds are 24th, and the Brewers are 30th, but if you read their synopsis on them, It's not them saying the Brewers have a terrible system. There's nobody here that's any good. They're hopeless. No, 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 it's not that. They have some decent pitching coming up. And there's a decent chunk of it. And it's on the way. All the teams have reasonably good pipelines. It's just the ones towards the top. Particularly the Dodgers and the Rays, are really good. The Padres are up there. I think the Padres are second. The White Sox are down to 12th, which is interesting. People have been talking about how good their farm system has been, and it has been. But to continue on, you have to, a term I like to use is replicate. You get the good guys, but when they move on, how do you replicate? How do you back the Good players up with more good players. The Dodgers are so phenomenal at that. The Rays are really good at that. And the Rays are a nice place to start because I'd mentioned that the Pirates are 15th. The Pirates would be a lot better than 15th if they hadn't made one of the rather silly trades in recent history. In 2018, the Pirates thought they had a chance at the playoffs, they thought they just needed that one pitcher to put them over the top. And if they could make that one trade and get that one pitcher, they'd be in good shape. So they traded for Chris Archer. And a lot of NL Central fans were, oh no, how can you let the Pirates trade for Chris Archer? Because he's good, well, players who are familiar create a bias recency bias or which whichever I'm not exactly sure which bias you want to peg to it but if you're familiar with a player you're quite likely to think oh he's probably pretty good i've seen him on the espn he's had highlights he does this he's done that he's had this. so because of that I don't want a team in our division to get him because that would help them right now. And Archer has been okay for the Pirates. He hasn't been sensational. He's been okay. However, the package that the Pirates sent to get Chris Archer, Austin Meadows had a was above two wins above last year for the Rays. Tyler Glasnow was above two wins last year for the Rays, two wins above. And Shane Baz is a pitcher in the Rays pipeline who he's going to be as good as the other two very possibly. The Rays are in really good position because they draft well and they develop well. That's why they're, I think, yeah, The MLB.com has the raise as the top system going, and I can't argue it at all. People like to focus on the parent club, and I understand why, but if there's an exchange made, make yourself aware of what's going the other direction. Now, if it's another team's system, it's going to be really hard to. You know, live your life and be aware of 30 different pipelines. I get that. I understand it. When there's a trade made and a lot of the important stuff is prospects, have people you respect. Have people who do the research and watch the games, attend the games, and pay attention to what they have to say. Because just because you're familiar with a player's name doesn't mean they would be an appropriate acquisition. Similarly, if a team acquires someone and you've not heard of him before, that doesn't mean he's rubbish. Baseball is about players developing and getting good when they do, not when we want them to, but when they do. The Pirates, had they kept Shane Boz, had be, would have been a much better player um, ranking than 15, right, probably 13, 12. And if they still had Tyler Glasnow and Austin Meadows, their parent club would be a whole lot better. And they wouldn't be paying a whole lot for any of the three because they're all still relatively young and they're all pre-arbitration. So they'd all fit in very well with a team that doesn't want to spend any money on talent. If the pipeline is important to you. And it should be, because if the Cubs have a weak pipeline, if the 23 number is legitimate, if there are 22 teams that have a better farm system than the Cubs over the next five, six, seven, eight years, Cubs are screwed. Cubs are screwed. It has nothing to do with market size. It has nothing to do with the Comcast versus Marquee Network feud. It has nothing to do with that. If the Cubs bring up talent from the minor leagues, one way or another, that's good, they'll be fine. If they don't, they won't be. Now, how can I say that? We'll get to that in a minute. I hope you're enjoying my Pre-Ar- Pre-Arb Excellence Cubs podcast as much as I am bringing them to you. There are two ways you can help to extend the reach of the podcast the link with a like-minded friend. I check every day to see how many followers I have. As the numbers go up, I'm happy. Secondly, Anchor allows sponsorships for podcasts. If you're interested in helping out in that fashion, thanks for considering it. Why can I say with any degree of certainty that if the Cubs bring up quality young talent, they'll be good over the long haul? That, that seems like a rather... Ballsy statement, yes? Let's look historically. The Cubs had great difficulty developing talent outside of, well, back to the 60s, when, when they had Ernie Banks, Ron Sano, and Billy Williams as kids. The National League was so deep, even having those three guys didn't make a dent. They were still a bad team. They were very bad. The Cubs started to get good in 67, 68, 69, which was right after they traded for Fergie Jenkins and Bill Hands, as well as Randy Hundley, who were young players, unproven and those players started to play well. As they had good, quality, young players, they were better able to compete. Seventy four By 74, the veterans had left. To a large extent, the Cubs were a non-entity until late 83 and into 84. Now, what? What happened in 84 that just before that had started to make the Cubs good? Hmm, let's think. Oh, that's when they traded to get Ryan Sandberg. They also got some veterans who helped out with the 1984 team. Bobby Denier played quite well. Lee Smith nailed down the back end of the bullpen. So when they had, then the next couple of years they had some injuries and they just couldn't replicate. There's that word again, replicate. In '89, they did well again. Uh-huh, well, okay, they did. That had to be because of the veterans. Well, the rookie of the year in twenty in 1989 was Jerome Walton, the Cubs center fielder, and the second place. In Rookie of the Year was Dwight Smith, who was also a Cub. Hmm. Young players doing well, helping the team. Hmm. Interesting. The 2003 Cubs were aided quite a bit, quite a bit, by Mark Pryor and Carlos Zambrano, both of whom were young players at the time. It really gets to the point, let's let's jump to 2015. Oh, it was all the old guys who were helping him. No, 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 no. 2015, the Cubs started to roll out the new players. Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Kyle Schwarber. Jake Arietta had shown up and he helped immensely, even though he wasn't inexpensive. Um, But the young players, and then in 2016, Wilson Contreras showed up. What can I say? They had a whole bunch of really good young players. Addison Russell was even good then still, and he wasn't a clown. Um, At least not that we know of. As the younger players got older, The players that replaced them as being younger players were Ian Happ. He's done okay. Um, They didn't have a first-round pick in 2016 or a second-round pick in 2016, so that kind of screwed things up. 2016 and 2017, they were just loading up on pitchers. They didn't really draft any hitters, so those... The hitters from that draft aren't, so they're not there yet. It almost sounds like having good young talent like the Dodgers always seem to have, or the Rays always seem to have now, is really helpful in replicating success. Until the Cubs can replicate success internally, sometimes you get fortunate and trade for a Kyle Hendricks. And that helps as well. But to replicate, you have to do well in the pipeline. Now, there's a lot of talk with um, the squabble between Marquee and Comcast and Xfinity and whoever else. And people having to pay more for what they're used to not paying for. My strong recommendation... If you value the pipeline, and if you're listening to this this podcast, you probably have a degree of respect for it, pick one game per week from the pipeline and listen. Don't listen to know all the answers. Listen to learn. One of the problems in our society seems to be people listen to respond. For instance, let's say we're talking about the coronavirus. Popular topic. I don't know about it. I basically try to hide inside my house, but I'll read comments on it, and I'll see Italy is closed down and major leagues of... Different sports are shutting down games and not having games and not allowing fans to come to games. Major League Baseball has is now keeping, at least for the short term, media out of the locker rooms to limit player um, exposure to coronavirus. When I hear things about coronavirus, I try to learn more than I knew before I read the article. Sometimes, some articles I learn something, some articles I don't. Some articles are written by people who are very conversant in the topic, some less so. But, if I walk in wanting to read to learn, sometimes I will, sometimes I won't. But quite often in interactions online or in person, People are running an agenda. I want to push this thing because there's one person on Twitter who his one thing in life seems to be to rip the Cubs over the New Marquee channel in part because he can't get it on Comcast. Okay, that's, that's his thing. His thing is that Mine is, I'd kind of like to educate people on the Cubs minor league system, but, you know, we all have our own thing that we're into. When you have an agenda like, I'm going to be critical of Tom Ricketts for the way he's handling the Comcast marquee situation, or I'm going to be critical of Daniel Descalso because he's not hitting very well or playing defense very well. That's not healthy. When you're acerbic all the time, when you're bitter, when you're just angry all the time, that that can't be healthy. And all too often last year, when I was following Twitter in regards to the Cubs, people weren't even being remotely happy about the Cubs at all. It's not that they lost this game and I'm upset that they lost the game. That's understandable. But second inning, they're down two to nothing and they're already carping about their fifth different complaint for the. No! Stop doing that! If you don't like what you're doing, don't do it. If you're a Cubs fan and the Chicago Cubs proper, the Chicago Cubs capitalized, are annoying the heck out of you because they're playing crappy baseball and if the cubs are playing crappy baseball that very well might annoy you if the cubs playing crappy baseball is annoying you that much and it's happening all that often stop watching them there's nothing there there's nothing requiring you to watch the Cubs, I have no interest in watching an entire spring training Cubs game. None. I'll possibly watch a bit here or there. Oh, okay, this, there's a reliever coming in that I want to see. Or um, maybe, uh, oh, I see P.J. Higgins is due up second this inning. I should pop over and check it out. That's the kind of stuff that I'm interested in. With a spring training game, find the things that matter to you. Watch this and that. Unless you're being paid for watching the entire game and writing a full synopsis on the whole thing. Oh, wow, that's got to be fun. Um, Don't do it. Don't do it. As the season starts up, be honest with yourself. Be completely honest with yourself. The Cubs have six candidates for starting pitching roles. You know that. I know that. We know that. Everybody knows that. Brewers fans know that. Cardinals fans know that. Everybody knows it. Most people are cool with watching Hugh Darvish pitch. Kyle Hendricks pitch. A lot of people like John, uh, John Lester for various reasons. Some people are a bit frustrated with Jose Quintana. Some people are frustrated a bit with Tyler Chatwood. And some people don't really trust Alec Mills. Okay, fine, fair. Pick one starting pitcher that, when they're pitching, you'll take a night off, not every time, not every time you know it's a let's let's assume that Quintana drives you up a tree. Don't watch every start is watch every other one, and whenever Quintana's scheduled to start, watch a minor league uh fo- listen to a minor league game. Pick a minor league game. It doesn't matter which one. Eventually, I'm going to go around to having a podcast on the Cubs pipeline announcers. They're all very good. All of them are worth listening to. But pick a game that intrigues you. For instance, let's say Nico Horner gets sent to Des Moines. Some people want him sent to Des Moines. Some people don't want him sent to Des Moines. The argument can be made either way, whichever, whatever, And the decision that the Cubs make will be the decision the Cubs make. And if he's sent down, it won't be for a week or two. They'll probably let him stay down there for a month. Either decision, I'm good with. I think it would probably be better to let him go down to the minor leagues and play every day, but whatever. Let's just assume for the rest of this. He's sent down to Iowa. And here comes a game where it's Jose Quintana pitching against Pittsburgh in PNC. And it's about forty-four degrees outside, cold as anything. You say, you know what? I don't want to watch this game. I'd rather watch a minor league. Uh, I'd rather listen to a minor league game tonight and learn something instead of having all your biases that you have, and we all have biases. You know, if if you're a Bryant fan and Bryant has a bad game, well, don't worry about it. He'll be fine. If you're a Bryant fan, uh, if you're a Bryant opponent. And he has a bad night. See, I told you. Flip it around. If you're a Bryant opponent and he hits two home runs and drives in seven, eh, well, he ought to do that more often. Whatever. But you have that game where it's really not captivating TV for you to watch this particular matchup for whatever reason. Tune into the Iowa Cubs game or listen to Mick Gillespie calling the. Uh, Tennessee Smokies. Myrtle Beach Pelicans ought to have a really good squad this year. I don't know how good South Bend's going to be. They're going to be fascinating for that reason. They should have a lot of good pitching but I have no idea who it's going to be. Their infielders will be an interesting mishmash of college veterans and 19-year-olds who it'll be interesting. Um, don't be afraid to listen to a minor league game sometime. It's not like your man card is going to get stolen if you listen to a minor league game. You're not being held captive to watching every single game. If a game annoys you, if it, if the Cubs are down 4-0 in the first inning and you decide, forget it, I'm not going to do this, you can turn off the TV and clean the house or read a book you certainly by all means do that but the cubs are the chicago cubs capitalized are not the only cubs team playing most nights once april 9th hits minor league teams start playing and when minor league teams start playing information starts getting gathered because you don't learn about baseball from watching a box score. You learn by listening to a game or watching a game. There are enough experts watching the Chicago Cubs game that you can tell reasonably well if Jose Quintana goes four and two-thirds innings and gives up four runs on five hits with three walks. There are a whole bunch of blogs you can go to to read what happened. There are a whole bunch of them. Whereas if Jack Patterson from Bryant University pitches six one-hit innings with seven strikeouts and one walk for Tennessee as they beat the Montgomery Biscuits, you're going to learn quite a bit about Jack Patterson and the Montgomery Biscuits and the Tennessee Smokies. You listen to the game. If you just sit around, wait, and look at a recap of the game, you'll get some of it. You'll get some of it. But the best way to learn about a pipeline is to pay attention to the pipeline. The games are audio-streamed. I know for some people, they need the video. I had somebody telling me, I'm not going to listen to a game if I can't see the video. I can't watch it, I don't want to pay any attention to it. Okay, fine. Whatever. Baseball is a fantastic radio sport. Audio streams are really good as long as the announcer is competent. Now, that's not going to happen all the time. In the Cubs pipeline, you're fortunate. The announcers are really good. And again, I'll get there at some point. But uh, today the Cubs ranked 23rd on MLB.com's listings. Don't sweat it. Don't worry about it. But if you do want to really know if 23 makes sense, focus on listening to some Cubs games. And one of these times, I'll tell you which games to choose. It means a lot to me that you... Cho- uh, thanks for stopping by, Prearb Excellence. It means quite a bit to me that you chose to press play or click subscribe. My goal is to be a go to source for the Cubs pipeline development, and questions are welcomed either through the podcast or on Twitter at Tim815. Next time, I'll have another episode that you hopefully consider worth your time. Till then, enjoy and be nice to people.